0: All right, today is Friday the 13th, Ooh! all right, good morning folks, hold on, did that switch nicely, yeah, there we go, that smooth buttery transition, good morning folks, today is Friday the 13th, boo! Welcome to episode 281 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ogier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, and all the chat are going to be breaking down the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert analysis and opinion on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you utilize, operationalize this information, or if you're looking to break in the industry, it's great for context, it's great for terminology, and heck, it's great for networking and socializing but before we get into all the gooey bits of the cyber news before we do all the jaw jacking at the back end before we give away the final osint using recon ng course raffle prize i want to say thank you and shout out to the stream sponsors starting with my good friend eric taylor at barricade cyber solutions barricade cyber solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber businesses, excuse me, cyber attacks, (laughs) cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solution knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Got their uh, site right here on the stream. Eric Taylor's calendar is embedded, all slick-like. You just click on a date, you could have a meeting with him at 11 a.m. today. That's how easy it is to set up a meeting. And by the way, if you haven't met Eric, a meeting with him is not a sales call. It's a what is your business? How can I like? How can I help your business? Here's my number. Call me when it when like bad stuff happens. Right? It's it's kind of like that. Definitely a good situation. Uh, I do want to apologize in advance. I pushed a bunch of moisturizer right into my eye. Right before. Right before I came on, I'm like, oh, I just put some moisturizer on my face. Ah, like so much moisturizer in my eye. Oh, it burns. Uh, but that won't stop me from telling you also about Recon Infosec. Hosts of Thursday Defensive and the business that Eric Capuano, Whitney Champion work at. They do the Open Sock I/O challenges at DEFCON. Really awesome group. I want you to know about their MDR services though. If your organization's large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but maybe not quite large enough or funded well enough to build a full-fledged security operations capability from the ground up, check out the managed detection and response MDR offering from Recon InfoSec. Excuse me. Recon InfoSec's offering includes the people, the process, the technology, the full stack. Needed to deliver full spectrum security operations to organizations of any size. Go to reconinfosec.com. This is their website. You can see all the goodness here. Guys, real quick. If you work at a business and you guys are like drowning with security work and you need help, that's what MDR is. You're not going to get, with all due respect, you're unlikely to get fully funded for like a team of FTEs, full-time employees, like you're not gonna get funded for like seven new hires. Even if you were, it would be really difficult to like, sort, it would take you like six months before you could like really spin up a team like that. With MDR, managed detection and response, that's the whole thing that the the industry has discovered. You can basically onboard in about 30 days, depending on your if you're all cloud-based or not, or on-prem, how many people you have, anyways. Onboarding happens and then you've got an entire scalable team looking at your sims, looking at your logs, intervening if they see ransomware detonating. MDR is a wicked good option. Um, I strongly, strongly encourage you consider it if you, if you have those kind of needs, okay? Now, I do want to remind everybody that every episode of the daily cyber threat briefing is worth half a CPE. So it stacks up two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say hi in chat like Lego Second Scott Jones just did. Kimberly can fix it, knows what's up. Guys, say what's up in chat. Um, It's forensically sound. Someone suggested yesterday on stream, brilliant idea. Take a screenshot. Say what's up. Take a screenshot. File it in a little OneNote or an Evernote or whatever. Simply Cyber FTEs. Um, FTEs. Simply Cyber CPEs. Boom. Boom, roasted. Right? Boom, roasted. Done. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Get your CPEs here. Get your CPEs, yeah. If you're on replay, hashtag Team Replay. Thanks for catching the stream. Say what's up in the comments, Team Replay. And wanna throw so much love to Team Replay because today Team Replay gets an opportunity to compete for the Raffle Prize, the Osintion Osint using Recon NG Prize. You can see it right here. I took this course last week in its entirety. Loved it and um, have a, um, oh, it looks like Joe added a new course. Using chat GPT for personal OPSEC. Okay, there you go. Constantly adding content to the uh, the school. Uh, Hopefully, if Andrew Nakamura is in chat, let me know, Andrew, if you got your uh, prize that you won on Wednesday or Tuesday. Definitely trying to get that to you. All right, guys. Hopefully everything's good. Let me look at chat. NFTs of Jerry Tinfoil hat. That's right. Hey, Jay Smith. Hey, Reggie Davis. What's up, squad members? Jim Lund, my man. Thank you so much. Andrew Nakamura. Got it. Okay. Cool. 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 All right, guys. We made it to Friday. We got Grayson's joke of the day coming up at the mid roll, but right now, sit back, relax, and let that smooth cyber news roll over you. I'm Jerry. This is the news. Let's go. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity
1: Headlines. It's Friday, January 13th, 2023. Experts detail Chromium browser security flaw putting confidential data at risk. Details have emerged about a now patched vulnerability in Google Chrome and Chromium-based browsers that if successfully exploited could have made it possible to siphon files containing confidential data. Imperva researcher Ron Massas said, quote, the issue arose from the way the browser interacted with sim links when processing files and directories. He continued, quote, specifically the browser did not properly check if the sim link was pointed to a location that was not intended to be accessible, which allowed for the theft of sensitive files, end quote. Google characterized the medium severity issue numbered CVE-2022-3656 as a case of insufficient data validation in file system, releasing fixes for it in versions 107 and 108 released in October and November of 2022.
0: Okay. All right. Hey, Mark Schrader, thanks for the super chat. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Genuinely appreciate the support and cheers. I see the coffee in the uh, super chat, so I'll say cheers to you, Mark, and let's have a slug, shall we? All right, guys, here's the deal. Um, first of all, this has been patched, so don't sweat it. Um, not a big deal. Now, you do want to make sure that uh, you are keeping your browsers patched, so educate your end users. This is basic 101 um, end user awareness stuff. You want to make them aware to keep their software patched, not just their operating system, but all all applications, because guess what? They're all software, and they all can potentially be at risk. Now, I'm not exactly sure... Um, what this little video is showing here. Um, let me see. Hold on. I going to see this video. Why is this video not playing? Bro, come on. All right. They open a browser and they type in localhost. Yeah. this. See, this is like, I. it's annoying when people do this. Okay, guys? Like, if you don't know any better, you might look at this video right here and be like, Oh, this is the hack. This is the hack. Look, this is the Chromium browser security flaw. And it's not. It, this is like someone running a Python web server and opening a browser to local host, right? I, I'm not saying whatever, whatever it's, it, it's on brand, but dude, it's like it, that, that wasn't anything. All right. So check it out this right here. Uh, first of all, educate your end user. Second of all, this is patched already. So don't, don't sweat it. But the one thing that I would point out is for individuals, um, thinking about security research, something as powerful and as well-funded as Chromium browser, which is what Edge is built on, I'm pretty sure, and um, the Chrome might be built built on. I don't know, guys. You let me know if Chrome and Chromium um, are built on the same kind of tech stack underneath. But the important thing is, even with all the money that Google has, flaws can happen because it's just a human writing the code. In this case, um, you can in 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 in, uh, file systems, you can have a file actually point to another file. It's it's called a symlink, right? And, you know, there's multiple reasons why you'd want to use symlinks and stuff like that. But apparently, if you're not allowed to access certain files, uh, like the original file, but you can access the symlink, the browser wouldn't, there was no validation that, you know, it was basically like um, getting checked at the door of a bar, but then not getting checked at the VIP velvet rope, right? Like just because you got into the bar doesn't necessarily mean you have access to the VIP lounge. But there's no one checking at the VIP lounge, right? So if you kind of picking up what I'm putting down, uh, the coffee hasn't fully hit yet, so I don't know if that that analogy totally makes sense. But what I'm saying is, the sim link. If you had access to the sim link through the browser, you'd be good to go, even. And then be able to actually look at the uh file that you don't have permission to that the sim link was pointing to okay so that's my understanding of this story i just wanted to tell you it's a fringe case for developers to think about when they're um making software i mean we talked to evan ottinger just last night about application security and software development and how to bake in security and these things happen so you just have to account for it and you have to have a good um vulnerability uh not vulnerability management but the the, in 2022 2023 there's a reason why businesses that write software should have responsible disclosure policies for vulnerabilities in order to be able to ingest software vulnerabilities that are discovered and remediate them in a timely manner and no by the way pay those researchers pay those researchers their money Right? Have you guys ever seen Rounders?
1: <laughs> Twitter says the 200 million user leak not obtained from its systems. Others disagree. In an update on its own investigation launched after data of more than 200 million users were offered for sale online, the company has found, quote, no evidence, and what? quote, that hacking was a cause. Yep.
0: Thank you, Jennifer, for pointed AKA out that the huge
1: trove of data is likely part of a publicly available data set originating from different sources. However, Alon Gall, co-founder and CTO at cybercrime intelligence company Hudson Rock, doesn't agree with Twitter's statement and confirmed the authenticity of the leak. Regardless, according to Privacy Affairs CEO and founder Miklos Zoltan, the data dump is now available online for free, which is quite a discount from its original asking price of $200,000. It contains no passwords, but the register states there's, quote, plenty of stuff for social engineering and doxing. End quote. Okay. I uh, ID.
0: Hold on, couple couple things going on, <laughs> couple things going on here. First of all, uh, shiny buttons, Jennifer. Again, thank you for the super chat. Genuinely appreciate the uh, the the support for the channel. I'll take a slug of coffee for that, also. Okay, so I don't know if this is the same uh, data dump that we heard about like two weeks ago, where it was four hundred million records. Remember guys it was like username twitter like twitter handle email address and like account created date it was kind of not a wicked rich data set uh it did have the email address which was valuable of sorts but i mean we're not talking fools with a z we're not talking medical records and all that stuff right? it was just like basic twitter information now the funny thing is if if it's related to this uh, other story um The individual had four hundred million records, and they wanted four hundred million dollars. And they said Elon could pay it, or the stockholders could pay it, or whatever. But they wanted their money. They—it was their money, and they wanted it now, J. G. Wentworth style. Right. And then, like a couple days later, they negotiated themselves down (laughs) because no one was giving them four hundred million. They negotiated their own rate down to two hundred thousand dollars, which I made fun of on stream that day because it was like a 99.9% discount, which is ridiculous. You kind of, you kind of, uh, make yourself look like a clown, uh, by doing that. But, but anyways, um, now Twitter is saying that this data set of, it, it says 200 million. So maybe it's a different data set, but the point is this large data set that someone is extorting the business for, Hey, Give me money, or I'm going to release this data. I mean, it's not ransomware, but it's it's very similar to what ransomware threat actors are doing right now with data exfil and then uh, release. And Twitter saying, "Bro, bro, that that information is not like you didn't hack us. That information's been out there. Like, nice try." Um, of course, somebody is pushing back, saying that that is not actually true. They weren't able to identify that. A couple of things that I do want to point out here. Okay, this is two things. One, you've got to remember guys that at least in America, like the only, this is capitalism one-on-one, but like the the value of a product is like what someone's willing to pay for it, right? If you can convince someone to buy, you know, whatever, Joel Belton's ice cream shop, ice cream, yeah, right? If you can convince someone it's a hot day, wouldn't an ice cream be nice? Yes, absolutely, there you go. So you get some ice cream. Here, here's the thing, that's a normal transaction. But if I scoop up a bunch of public data and bundle it together and sell it, and someone buys it, then, that, then then there's value in that, right? So in this instance, even if this information was publicly available, it is quite enterprising of somebody or some group to collect a whole data set of information and then try to sell it as a new product or as part of a new data Excel. Um, it's, it's lazy, but if it had worked, that would have been interesting. Right? So here's the idea, um, LinkedIn user profiles, data dump, right? From, from like, you know, years ago, it was a major LinkedIn, uh, uh, data breach years ago. Imagine someone going online, grabbing that up and then bundling it and saying today, Oh, Hey, can you guys hear me? I don't hear the audio. Okay. Um, Bundling up that LinkedIn data and saying, hey, we hacked LinkedIn, sell, uh, buy this from us LinkedIn or Microsoft who owns LinkedIn, or we're gonna release it. And in reality, it's just all the old data. Like there's nothing, There's I, you don't see it that often as far as I know, I haven't seen that type of attack, but I don't see why that wouldn't work, especially with these large companies that are more likely to just pay to avoid embarrassment or pay to, to uh, just move on from it, right? I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Hey haircut fish. I have Twitter data and I need cash now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, anyways, so we'll see at at this point. I mean, I hate to sound so desensitized to it, but like my username, my my Twitter handle and email address, like, uh, like I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not getting out of bed, uh, for less than like, you know social security number like more sensitive information like I'm just I'm hitting snooze on this one um, So
1: anyways Where strikes again active directory domain compromised in under 24 hours a Recent iced ID malware attack enabled a threat actor to compromise the active directory domain of an unnamed target less than 24 hours after gaining initial access Quote, throughout the attack, the attacker followed a routine of recon commands, credential theft, lateral movement by abusing Windows protocols, and executing Cobalt strike on the newly compromised host, end quote. This according to Cyber Reason researchers in a report published this week. Iced ID, also known by the name Bokbot, B-O-K-B-O-T, started Bok. its life as a banking trojan in 2017 before evolving into a dropper for other malware, joining the likes of Emotet, Trickbot, Quackbot, bumblebee and raspberry robin attacks involving the delivery of iced ID have leveraged a variety of methods especially in the wake of Microsoft's decision to block macros from office files downloaded from the web all right github disables all right so this this one right here sounds more like what
0: you would see or like it it, this okay this particular malware strain and the way it moves uh, is much more aligned with how we envision the prototypical cyber attack: instant infection, and then like the um, like the like the little uh, like bots in Matrix that have the arms, and then they attach to the Nebuchadnezzar, and then they like drill in and they start moving around, right? Like that's that's kind of what we think of: like sales engineer gets popped, and then you've got a foothold in the organization scan identify move infect scan identify infect move domain controller right like this thing is interesting i do want to know anyone in chat um if jess bishop's in here if eric taylor's in here a couple other people who work um more on the incident response side um i mean eric taylor would probably be most optimal but um what, what are we seeing in practice on real timelines from initial infection to domain controller? Because with guys, here's the thing with tools like bloodhound uh, and Google bloodhound, if you don't know about it, Oh uh, Randoc gaming with the uh, squad membership gifts. Thank you so much, Randoc. Um, with, with with a tool like bloodhound you're able to quickly find credentials with uh malware like raspberry Rob, robin which they mentioned right here which i've done a little bit w- uh of study with um uh, it it's not a worm but it kind of moves on its own like it'll once it infects it starts looking around for other uh hosts to attack um now obviously this is a little noisy because if you see Uh, an endpoint in your organization, scanning laterally, typically you don't have a lot of what's called east-west traffic. You have north-south like an endpoint going out to the cloud and back and you know, like, like Carl doing his work, Carl's machine isn't talking to Sally's machine very often, right? Um, You don't see that. So when you, when you do see that in your logs, that's an indicator of compromise and you got to look out for that. Um, This thing is uh, moving quickly though. I mean, it's it sucks, but at the end of the day, like, I don't know, it's just the cyber kill chain. Let me share that with you guys. If you don't, if you're not familiar with the cyber kill chain, you totally should be. Um, there's like a million different graphics for it. Um, I guess this one probably. Let's take a look really quickly. Just to, sh- oh god, get ready for your pixelations, right? Basically, seven steps, or you know, there's nine steps. Some of them, whatever. Basically, recon. Uh, You pick a tool that you can use to infect, you deliver that tool. So like your traditional thing would be like, uh, identify someone on LinkedIn, do a spear phishing email, send them the phishing email. They click on it and either give their creds or download some type of uh, malware on their device. Malwares on their device, C2 traffic happens. uh, Now you control their device and then you do whatever your action is on objective. Plant more malware, ransomware the box. Or move laterally, which is basically restarting the kill chain from a new foothold and beginning to recon from that endpoint, find assets that can be compromised. Less phishing at this point, but more of a technical exploitation, deliver that technical exploitation, et cetera. Um, you know, I guess be careful. Guys, the thing is, too, like it, it deploys Cobalt Strike, which is a really, really, really well known post exploitation. Uh, framework for managing uh, multiple compromised hosts and moving laterally and, and, and doing all that stuff. So your EDR solution and your security stack should be looking for Cobalt Strike. Many of them are nowadays, and it's actually been in the news you know, in the last three months that Cobalt Strike threat actors are actually moving away from Cobalt Strike because it's so uh fingerprintable so identifiable by security technologies now that they're moving away i forget there's two that people are using now um that i can't remember their names but basically they're cobalt strike like uh hey eric taylor i was just asking you um uh so erin S- says malware for controller destructive Moving quickly laterally is more common than ransomware. Moving quickly laterally. Ransomware, they move slower because they take the time to review the files. Good point. Yeah, Eric, I was just asking, like this title seems to be salacious and like, ooh, but like uh, moving from compromised host to DC in under 24 hours, um, I mean, if you, like that doesn't seem that ooh to me simply because, you know, most organizations, the endpoint is like one hop away from the DC most organizations do not um network segment do network segmentation right so unless you're like a sales guy out in the field where you're not connected back to the mothership getting to the dc isn't wicked hard um so i I was kind of curious uh if you're seeing under 24 hours for dc um compromises eric let's keep going while eric responds and thanks arian seghetti for the comments on that
1: pro-russian hacktivist ddos pages On Tuesday, GitHub disabled accounts on the platform belonging to a pro-Russian hacktivist group linked to attacks on entities in NATO countries, including efforts to disrupt the websites of Denmark's central bank and other financial institutions. The group, called Noname057, used the software development platform to host its distributed denial of service tool website and code used in its attacks, researchers with Sentinel-1 said on Thursday. The researchers reported the activity to GitHub, prompting the company to disable the group's accounts in accordance with its acceptable use policies.
0: What? Hold on. So, I, you know, whatever, guys. Hey, um, GitHub is useful. GitHub is used to uh, store source code, allow multiple uh, developers to coordinate on projects, check in, check out, version control. Um, like, it's all great. Apparently, some hush hushin reactivist so, some Russian Hacktivist group was hosting their malware if you want to call it that their their software on github which is not unusual to host software on github that's like what it's for except it was a distributed denial of service weapon so think low orbit ion cannon right if you want to take it back to yesteryear and old tools but basically they were hosting a tool set and it one thing that they say in the story that makes no sense to me is that they said they were hosting their um, website on GitHub. You don't host websites on GitHub. Maybe just the software of the website was hosted on GitHub. Correct me if I'm wrong. As far as I know, GitHub does not do hosting um, of websites. It's just source code. So um, you know good on good on whomever. I guess Sentinel one, good on Sentinel One. Uh, a a a tier one leader in the EDR space, by the way. I've used Sentinel One. It's a good product. It's it's a, it's not cheap, but it's good, um, for identifying this and having it taken down. Now, I do want to point out one quick thing here. This is a cool story. It's very splashy. Um, these guys, or ladies, whatever, um, got their tools taken down. Here's the deal. This doesn't slow anything down. Like on the Bianco pyramid of pain, like this doesn't even like register. Okay. L- let me, let me show you the pyramid of pain. Okay. Cause all they did was remove the hosting of it. Like you can, th- there's multiple, um, come on. There's multiple ways to host code, right? Like they were just using GitHub, probably, uh, you know, out of convenience. So this is the pyramid of pain. This is how we, uh, frustrate threat actors. Okay. Hash values are basically the, the the value, like the fingerprint of the files that make up the distributed denial of service uh, code, right? And that's the bottom. So, I mean, I guess you could say that GitHub was, th- was their tools if you wanted to like make an argument for the top of the pyramid. But in reality, in reality, this is a good story, but it doesn't stop these guys. It does This does nothing to slow them down. They're just gonna host it somewhere else. You could stand up your own GitHub repo on a bulletproof server and you're back in business. So um, I don't want, like, again, this is great, great for Microsoft, great for GitHub, but this literally does nothing to slow them down, okay? If anything, it's just annoying to them.
1: And now a word from our sponsor, App Omni. Can you name all the third-party apps connected to your major SaaS platforms like Salesforce and Microsoft? What about the data these apps can access? After all, one compromised third-party app could put your entire SaaS ecosystem at risk. With App Omni, you get visibility to all third-party apps and SaaS-to-SaaS connections, including which end-users have enabled them and the level of data access they've been granted. Visit appomni.com, that's A-P-P-O-M-N-I.com, to request a free risk assessment.
0: All right. All right, so two things really quickly. One, um, it is the mid-roll, so we're about to do some fun stuff. Two, I saw some comments in here about CCNA versus CYSA. I I have the CCNA. I got it like years ago. I probably couldn't even log into a Cisco router right now. That's how old it is. I don't even put it on my LinkedIn uh, stay tuned for the jawjacking section. I will, I will give my thoughts on the value of CCNA, um, Randoc, uh, and also whoever said pyramid of pain was new to them. Good on you. This thing is definitely something to know. Uh, Google it, study it, understand it. Security practitioners refer to it all the time. Um. This is really, really valuable. Plus it gives you context on what some security controls, what the value is for cyber risk reduction. But guys, enough of all that. Let's do the mid roll. Hey, 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 hey. All right, guys, I want to thank you all for being here today with me on stream. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to give a shout out and thanks to Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon Infosec again for their continued support of the show. If you're getting value from the stream, if you're getting entertainment value, educational value, if you just learned about the pyramid of pain, if you like it when I flip out, take a second, hit the like button. We're averaging 160 plus likes on each stream. I genuinely appreciate that. Um, I know my aunt Donna said she couldn't figure out where the like button was so on mobile it might be difficult to find so please um, Help each other out. Let's get those likes up there and guys. I'm not a a like um, I, I don't know what the right word is. I'm not I'm not I'm not like grousing for likes once we hit a certain threshold of likes on the stream YouTube will reach out to other cybersecurity professionals who are not watching this and tell them, hey, other cyber people are watching this. You might be interested in it. Because all of you in chat are definitely Googling or uh, YouTubing different cybersecurity shows. So Google is like, oh yeah, you know, these people are cyber pros. They all like this cyber show. Let's tell other cyber people. I want to remind you, every single Monday morning I send out an email um, that I write on Saturday, although I'm running a half marathon tomorrow, so I will be writing this on Sunday. SimplyCyber.io slash newsletter to get three pieces of actionable intel from me that you can use to operationalize uh, basically immediately on Monday morning. Before your coffee is cold enough to drink, you will be able to d- deliver risk reduction value to your organization. Organization. Now, let's figure out who won the OSINT using Recon NG. It was done in the um, the giveaway channel on the Discord. Good luck to Team Replay. I love Team Live, guys, but I hope Team Replay wins. Our winner is, hold on, all right, so it ended 50 seconds ago, and our winner was Lenny Wright. Lenny Wright, good job, Lenny Wright. Uh, DM me in chat. Lenny Wright on the channel. Guys, if you don't already, if you're not already a member of the Discord server, I'm gonna go ahead and put this in chat. Lenny Wright, let me know if you're in chat right now and um, I'll get you your prize. Congratulations, everybody. I'll keep working. I'll keep working to see if I can get some more uh, raffle prizes for us and um, we'll have a good time. Joke of the day. Now Grayson came up with this one on his own and I genuinely appreciate it because it is cybersecurity related. Grayson was laying <laughs> laying on the floor last night. He's like, "Dad, I got the joke." And I'm like, "All right, what is it?" He said, "Dad, why do sock analysts?" The kid's 10. Knows what a sock analyst is. I think I talk about cybersecurity too much. He said, "Dad, why do sock analysts always carry uh pay- well, no no no, actually that was a different joke. He said he said, "Dad, why do hackers carry pails of water. And I said, I, I don't know, Grayson, why, why do hackers carry pails of water? And he said, so they can get through the firewall. And I said, all right, all right. Hi-ha! So there we go. Hackers, get your buckets of water, bypass the firewall. Uh, Chiller Instinct's asking where can they find it? Yeah, give me one second, Chiller Instinct. I will hook you up on that. Thank you, Grayson, for the joke of the day. All right. Hey, Chiller Instinct, if, if you guys want, there's a link to the Ocintian School. If you want to get the Ocint use and recon course for yourself, um, you totally can. So that's what this is uh i am actually started the accelerated introduction to intelligence and i will be working on alternative and advanced search engine uh intelligence building maybe hey guess what if i finish this maybe um i'll I'll ask joe maybe he'll give give us some more raffle prizes and we can keep the train rolling on all this so uh thanks thanks chiller instinct hopefully you got that link there um so i'm only 23 percent of the way through this i i i it's it I always, just so you guys know, anything that I'm like affiliated with, or raffle prizes, or I uh, have an affiliate link, or I I sponsor, or whatever, I always vet it. Uh, You guys may or may not know this, but you know, I get approached a lot for different things, and you know, like I'm, I'm not going to just throw it out there uh, unless it's like legit or worth value or, or like basically worth your time. I'm not gonna waste your time. All right, guys, let's get
1: back into the news. Social marketplace Trust and Use exposes nearly half a million users. TrustAndUse.com is a platform for consumers to rate products, services, professionals and stores, as well as to get offers and discounts. The company was founded in 2016 and is based in Athens. A team at CyberNews identified a publicly accessible database storing up to 855 gigabytes of sensitive user and business data that belongs to the marketplace. The leaked database was first found on June 21st and remained potentially accessible to threat actors for at least 6 months. It contained PII including hashed passwords. Okay. Lawsuit. Cl- All
0: right, so a couple things here. One, um, you know, it didn't say leaky S3 bucket, but guys, like I like I I don't I don't uh, You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Like what are we doing, guys? Like I, I, uh, I need a shirt that says like, like, like configure, like, like uh, securely configure your databases. Like it's, 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 it's too common. It's too common with these databases that are internet facing that are not properly secured. Like, yeah, I get it. Trust in use sounds like, um, you know, they're a review site or whatever, but really they're, like hoarding and vacuuming and siphoning user data, which I'm sure they're selling to, you know, these data brokers. Um, Cause dude, data is the new gold. That's what I need. I need a shirt that says data is the new gold. Okay. Here's the thing. 439,000 users, uh, including businesses exposed. Dude, guys, think about this for a second. 855 gigabytes, almost a terabyte of data. I have to think just based on what I'm seeing and hearing that that is text based data. If you guys don't know, like images, videos, those are big files. Text not so big. Like look at it, look at like um I don't know, do like a data dump of a CSV file or whatever. It's it's not they're not big. Text files are not I mean they can be big obviously but usually they're not big unless you have a ton of data. So to me, it's like the first thing that jumps out is like, holy crap, like almost a terabyte of text. That is a lot of data. Then they said um, it was exposed for six months, which, you know, totally sucks. You have to assume that that data has been taken. And then it had what like, okay, so uh, we've established that our data has been taken. What is the impact? Like as a risk person, my first thought is like, no, I can't flip. So if I flip my video horizontally, then it'll look like I'm looking off to this direction, which to me is unsettling because I want to be looking at the story. What data was actually compromised? Username, personal name, Facebook ID, phone number. Okay, so lots of, lots of, um, uh, phishing—you know—type information, and then hash passwords. This is the one that's concerning to me. Okay, they said the B crypt algorithm is what's used to hash it, which I don't know B crypt um, from a hole in the wall. But it is saying considered safe. Here's the problem: unless they're ha- um unless they, they're using like a salt with the passwords, you can create like a rainbow table, which is basically like you take you take a password like. You know, password one two three winter twenty twenty three, and then you run it through the bcrypt uh, algorithm and get an output hash. And now you know winter twenty twenty three is this hash. And you create a rainbow table, essentially like a reverse lookup table. And then you could take these p- hashed passwords and then put feed them in and see if you hit a hit, get a hit on an existing hash that you calculated to know what the password was. Now, if you use salt, uh, which is basically a way to season the hash. Uh, I don't think it'll work that way. But for me personally, hash passwords is not good. Especially if, you know, you're Carl. Carl! And you reuse your passwords across systems. That's not good. Um, so, I don't know, guys. It's 2023. This, this right here is a perfect reason why you should not reuse passwords across sites and why you should be mindful of, like, what you're doing when you sign up and, and and do things, because whether it's Google and Chromium, you know, like Google, like a fortune three company, having a security flaw for stuff, or it's this site I've never heard of having six months of data exposed, you know, it, it's people make mistakes guys. And And by the way, like, what will come of this? Nothing, right? trustinnews.com is probably not going to be fined they're certainly not going to go out of business it's a oops i made a mistake let me fix that and move on meanwhile like the real victims are me you and and justin gold who basically have our data exposed and there's no like you know there's no walking it back right the toothpaste is out of the
1: tube Ames student loan site inflated membership to entice acquisition J.P. Morgan Chase is suing the 30-year-old founder of Frank, a fintech startup that it acquired for $175 million, for allegedly lying about its scale and success by creating an enormous list of fake users to entice the financial giant to buy it. Frank offers software aimed at improving the student loan application process for young American students seeking financial aid. The lawsuit, filed late last year, claims that CEO Charlie Javis allegedly created a roster of fake customers. A list of names, addresses, dates of birth, and other PII for over 4.2 million students who did not actually exist. When in reality, according to the suit, Frank had fewer than 300,000 customer accounts at that time. Good. This right here, this, this, this woman, or this person,
0: fraud, absolute fraud. I hope you're held accountable. I have zero tolerance for fraud. Zero tolerance for fraud. Are you kidding me? This this woman, right here, completed a complete fabricated business. Like, her whole business was fraudulent. The whole thing, right? And then she sold it to JP Morgan. Bro. Can I just can I just hold on? Can I just share something with you? Right? It w- like what what would, what what did you think was going to happen here? Like JP Morgan strokes you a check for 175 million dollars, okay? Yes. Straight cash, homie. We're winning, Kimberly. Let's go to the bank and cash our 175 million dollar. What do you think is going to happen when JP Morgan takes their brand new shiny hundred and seventy five million dollar business, and then opens it up and realizes there's nothing inside the box. What do you think's gonna happen there? Like they're just gonna be like, Oh, you really got us that time, Charlie. Ha, We should have done better due diligence. No, you idiot, they're absolutely going to sue you because that is absolutely fraud. You're probably gonna go to jail too. Jesus, what like I, I get I get I get the cash money, I get the cash money, but like. Think about it, man. What what did like what did you think was going to happen? What was your end like what was the vision? Unless unless her plan was to like flee to a non-extradition country and hide in the Cayman Islands or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But like like seriously. You are so dumb you are really dumb for real okay i will give her credit uh for this though i mean she like i certainly couldn't create a fintech company and make all this fraudulent stuff and then work through a acquisition um also i'm kind of curious unless she had a significant amount of like investor money uh that she was lying to the investors as well she had to have had like staff it's it's not here's the thing you don't just start a company i don't just say like hey guys guess what? Starting tomorrow, Simply Cyber, FinTech, I'm spinning up a new business. And on Tuesday, like JP Morgan's going to buy me for $175 million. Like there definitely had to be an established value and delivery and negotiations and coordination. So it, it it wouldn't have happened overnight. So she had to have kept this like ruse up for some time. Um, so I don't know, man, but at the same time, like freaking Elizabeth Holmes and, and, uh, Thanos or or Thanos, Theranos, right or or FTX, like all these people, man, fraud, 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 fraud. I need a shame button. I need the shame, shame. That's what I need. Let's let's walk her through King's Landing.
1: Strong pity. Hackers target Android users via Trojanized Telegram app. The Strong Pity APT hacking group is distributing a fake Shagel chat app that is a Trojanized version of the Telegram for Android app with an added backdoor. Shagel is a legitimate random video chat platform allowing strangers to talk via an encrypted communications channel. However, the platform is entirely web based and does not offer a mobile app. Strong Pity has been found using a fake website since 2021 that impersonates the actual Shagel site to trick victims into downloading the malicious Android app. Once installed, this app enables the hackers to conduct espionage on the targeted victims, including monitoring phone calls, collecting SMS texts, and grabbing contact lists.
0: Bro. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I'm not <clears throat> I'm not gonna loop all of you. Um like i don't even know what the name of the generation is like the my i'm going to have to ask my students on Tuesday about this like gen alpha or gen uh mil- not millennial i guess i'm almost a millennial but like uh is it gen z like what who what what is the name of the people who are like 18 to 25 are they zoomers is that what we're calling these people like what is the appeal to like these random chat roulette things like and obviously they're trying to sell the fact that you might get some very attractive uh, woman who's holding pineapples to hide her naked body, um, and obviously she's not wearing anything downstairs either in this photo, right? So, like, is that is that what we're getting here? Like, like, do you guys do these chat roulettes? I mean, are there just like beautiful people doing all sorts of naughty things on these chats, or is it is it just a bunch of like, you know, whatever? I don't understand. What, what, what is going on here? Like, are you really gonna m- like make a new friend? Like, how how about that? Like, go out, play kickball. Like, like, ah, all right. So anyways, I'm not stunned. I'm not surprised. Obviously, if this is working, people would absolutely download the app. Okay, um, guys, sometimes it's called social engineering, right? Sometimes I send you an email and tell you to download something. Sometimes I just lay a trap and put a piece of cake and some cupcakes and some pretty sparklers on the trap and you walk up to it and step into the trap. Okay? You don't always need to socially engineer people in order to do it. Sometimes they'll just come to you and do it. Now, obviously, this particular piece of malware, I don't understand what it does. It enables hackers to conduct espionage on the victims, monitor their phone calls, collect SMS, grab contact list. Okay. So, you know, I'm almost thinking um this is a crime of opportunity, kind of a and spray. So here's the thing, um, I trick you into downloading this app. You think it's gonna be sexy time, and instead I'm basically uh, monitoring your phone calls and your text messages. Um, what I'm gonna absolutely do on that is identify if you're a target of value or if you're just a kid, and then I'm going to extort you. Hey, I've got your pictures. Hey, I've got compromising photos. Hey, I know that you've been talking you know, I know you're cheating on your spouse, like whatever it is, pay me, pay me, pay this man his money. Right. So like, I, I'm going to extort you, but again, you know, it, there's a lot of work here for the threat actors because they basically need to get you to compromise yourself. Then they need to do the due diligence to figure out if you're a target of value, then they have to get compromising. Uh, information on you, then they have to extort you and you have to be extortable and you have to get them the money. So like this is a bit of a long a long con, but you know, if it scales up, you know, whatever. So this the So here's the thing whether it's whether it's Shagel.com or it's the FIFA World Cup app or whatever, this is a legitimate attack vector that happens often again, make your end users aware make yourself aware. Um, like even for our our industry guys like the flipper zero is so hot and people are cr- creating like fake flipper zero uh, sites and stuff like that to trick people into downloading malware. So be mindful come on casually Joseph like Charleston has a kickball uh, social club kickball's not that dude. Kickball's cool. Don't 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 hit me on kickball. I didn't say croquet, man.
1: College student creates an app to detect ChatGPT. Edward Tian, a 22-year-old computer science student at Princeton University, has built an app that allegedly can detect whether text is written by ChatGPT, the viral chatbot that has sparked fears over its potential for unethical uses in academia and elsewhere. GPT-0, as it is called, can, quote, quickly and efficiently, end quote, decipher whether a human or a chat GPT has authored an essay. His motivation to create the bot was to fight what he sees as an increase in AI-based plagiarism. Remember to join us. Okay,
0: so I was waiting for someone. Jeremy Williams is the one to do it. Like, how many other students at Princeton University are looking for Edward Tian right now to <laughs> to beat him up? <clears throat> um... Hey, you know what? This the good for this guy and good for um, you know integrity of educational stuff. This guy wrote a bot that was able to detect. It sounds like with high level of uh, confidence whether an essay was actually uh, written by ChatGPT or not. Fantastic! You know this should become part of the standard. Um, you know um, integrity. Uh, Checking for all these things, very very cool. I hope this gets distributed uh, around. You know, guys. Here's the thing. Like, yeah. Here's my thing. And guys, you know, I'm a I'm a faculty at the Citadel, right? So I have students. I teach students. Here's the thing. Yeah, ChatGPT. You can have it write your essays and stuff. Okay. By doing that, yes, you get an A. Good on you. And yes, you finished your homework and. Thirty seconds, so you can go get wicked hammered at the bar, right? And like, I'm living my best life. Okay, here's the thing: you didn't learn anything, so you graduate with a degree and you don't really know what the hell you're talking about. ChatGPT does, but you don't. So now you're kind of like fraudulent, right? So you're actually, even though the student wouldn't would prefer not to do the learning, right? If they're going to have ChatGPT write it, but and guys, I was a college student, eighteen to twenty-two. I made a lot of dumb decisions. So I, I I get it and I empathize. But at the end of the day, the whole reason that you're supposed to be going to school is to educate, enrich, make yourself more knowledgeable, able to apply it in life, in business, in society, right? So by cheating, you're really doing yourself long-term damage instead of with short-term gains, okay? So I'm glad that this happened. Um, and I'll just leave it like that. All right, that ooh, let's see. That's gonna do it for the stream today. Let me get some, let me get some music going here. Uh, let's do, I guess, this one. Now, guys, if <clears throat> if you were here just for the news, I want to thank you all very, very much. Uh, so much for being here. Genuinely appreciate it. Gonna do a little jaw now. But if you want to drop off, uh, you have a great weekend. Happy Friday the thirteenth. You guys made it to the end of the week. Straight crushing it. Shout out to Haircut Fish starting his new job next week. Love it, love it, love it. <clears throat> All right. Let's let the jaw jacking commence. Uh, <clears throat> Randock Gaming mentioned CCNA versus CYSA. Here's what I think about that. I, um, I've i been in the industry a very long time. When I came up, like uh, the 2000s, right? 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. SecPlus 04, CSP 09. I got the CCNA. I took it and um, at the time, it was like roundly touted in information security circles that the CCNA was absolutely a cert you're supposed to get. Now here's why I don't think it's a cert you're supposed to get. And all due respect to Cisco. Listen, CCNA is a very specific cert for the Cisco network tech stack. Network engineers should absolutely get CCNA because it will add value. But as a practitioner, understanding like the RIP protocol versus like the e or GREP protocol, or where I can't remember the pro, like the routing protocols, spanning tree protocols. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does add a little bit of value. And how do you manage and update and configure Cisco network stuff like that? That's okay value. But guys, like for me, for optimal path from going to zero to where I want to be in the fastest time possible while adding value, CCNA is not on that track. What you should do is maybe network plus or get an understanding of how the OSI stack is, how network communications happen, how to look at PCAP files in Wireshark or TCP dump, how to understand when logs come in through a sim how you can correlate those lo- that log traffic what c2 traffic looks like what anomalous traffic looks like stand up rita uh the tool from black hills information security and see what beaconing looks like that is all going to add value and be more valuable on a resume and job experience than ccna that's my only thing ccna is a bear um thank you randock Gaiman become best friends so yep. that so that's my thoughts on that okay all right what what else we got yeah tack ass plus grp course uh, i don't know what the grp course is infosec kid uh, do you have any success stories from students who took your grc course on simply cyber yeah i do actually Jay. will um you know i'm really really terrible about like i'm such like a poor businessman i don't like really keep people send me stuff all the time and i, I just like you know i'm like okay um Check this out. Um, can I how do I hold on one second. I, I have a perfect one for you, J Will. Just give me one second. I've got a I've gotta take a screenshot, save it off as a file, save the file to my desktop, then I have to bring the file into Chrome browser. Where oh, it's in my downloads folder. Hold on one second. I've got I've got the perfect answer to that question, J Will. I did one I caught I grabbed one testimonial the other day. I don't know if you guys can see this on stream. All right. This is from Creepy GRC, which is kind of funny. Thank you Jerry. I landed a cyber job with my stack of training with your GRC masterclass making my skill set unique and broadly needed which was greatly impacted my chance to be chosen among the candidates. Cheers. Great 2023 for all of us. That is a testimonial a straight a straight W for uh, the GRC masterclass I can't here's the thing guys I can't promise I can't promise you a job obviously I don't have that I don't have that ability to promise that but I'm telling you like I've been told by other people you should charge more for the GRC class what's going on in here I don't care listen I that class is comprehensive it is a consolidated Knowledge of 20 years of experience and it's put in a very obvious, logical fashion for you to consume it. And I guarantee you, it's it's practical. I probably should have called it a practical GRC class. Like, it is exactly what people who are trying to hire for GRC talent need the GRC analysts to do. That's the point of the class. So yeah, get in there, giddy up on it. Oh, cool, R. I'm glad your uh, co-worker recommended it. And I hope you enjoy it. One of my friends was in China during the reunion and couldn't go, so he rented the field for all of us to enjoy. Uh, all right. I got my Net Plus back when they were teaching Token Ring. Oh, wow, Ron Clark. Kevin Lopez, is the Linux Plus useful for entry-level cybersecurity? Um, I don't, okay, so I'll tell you this. And by the way, I took today off from work, like for my actual day job, so I can I can chill for a minute here. Um, I'm running a half marathon tomorrow and, um, you know, I'm taking a day for, for this guy. Uh, So Linux plus I can't say Linux plus um, the certification will necessarily differentiate you as a candidate but understanding Linux and being able to explain Linux be very simple like navigating around the Linux file system understanding how to like execute binaries understanding how to like do bash a little bit um, will definitely be valuable right. I personally don't know of any examples where it's like, oh, I see this candidate has Linux Plus. I think it'd be more useful if you had like a a line item in your resume about how you've done something with Linux. That would be more valuable. Uh, I don't know what LPIC route is, Harish. So I guess Linux Plus on that one. Yes, get this man some pasta. I always wondered what to take between IPIC or Linux Plus. It's great class. Wouldn't have worked for me, but I had to be within 250 miles. Okay, uh, good luck with the half. Thank you, thank you, Jenny Housley. Have a great weekend, Arturo. Thanks, Jim Lund. I appreciate that. Linux home lab, I, guys. I run a, a Raspberry Pi. I actually made a, a little video that hasn't been released yet. I don't know if I'll release it. Uh, it's it's already on my YouTube channel. It's just unlisted. Of um, like why Telnet is uh. Like why, why you should not use Telnet and you know, I I had my little Raspberry Pi Linux lab up and I was goofing around and I was like, Oh, I'll just do a quick little uh, video on this. So yeah, actually Infosec kids, right? You can use windows. um, What's WSL windows, subsystem Linux, whatever it is. uh, The windows Linux is pretty good. I have Ubuntu and Kali in my raspberry Linux. Yeah, IDK. I've had my Raspberry Pi for like three or four years. Um, yeah, exactly. Justin gold. It's because it's because you can sniff everything. Love it. Nathan Bolins, a Linux guy. All right. Storm walking. You're running, running. Yeah. I, I love running. I haven't been training as well for my, this half as I have in the past, but I, I'll, I run eight, eight thirty minute miles. Um, tomorrow is what, what I'll be doing. Talk to IT Pro TV about their missing my courses link. Their website's terrible. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Um, let's let's actually check that out. Whoops. Let's take a look here together. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Let me log in. Um, off. <laughs> off. Um, off screen. I like IT Pro TV. Um, here, let's take a look together. So, I've been taking um, I've been taking the IT uh, Intro to IoT Pen Testing with Daniel Lowry. I'm like uh, I don't know, maybe 15% of the way through it. Dude, the amount of content on IT Pro it is kind of staggering. Like this this class, this IoT pen testing class that I've been taking like just this video is 20 20 minutes but like like I have nine hours worth of content left it I think it's really well done you know I do a little bit I do like kind of like one video or 20 20 minutes like if I'm eating lunch or something I'll do a video uh so why is their course bad um thank you Mr. Gold my granddad was a triple time Ironman. wow uh have to bounce to the migration call good luck Paula Terranova have a great weekend Got an email from IIC squared for the CC exam so far. Good course, excellent. Good luck with the marathon. Thanks, John Bruno. I'm almost done with blue team level two. That's a good one. All right. Any other questions before I peace out for the day guys? Yeah, AWS is pretty good. I used to use AWS for my labs and stuff like that. I still do when I'm doing some work, but for the most part, I do it on the random, um, the Raspberry Pi. GRC course helps with SecPlus too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't do a one-to-one mapping bill between the GRC course and SecPlus, but um, the GRC course does have a technology primer in it. Um, it does have a tech primer. Oh, I can't I'm not gonna log in on screen here, but it has a tech primer and it goes through like risk and other stuff like that So what kind of facial lotion do you put on your eyes? <laughs> the wrong kind apparently yeah, that was a mistake this morning for sure. No coffee before the run. No, I'll drink coffee I My typical pre pre-race uh, meal Bonus tidbits my pre-race meal is a banana and uh, some oatmeal and a cup of coffee Thank you, David Beard, for the kind words. Wow. Where do you get all your analogies? They never miss. It's incredible. Oh, thanks, Kabir. Uh, that's just me, I guess. I, I don't know. It's the way I think. I've heard some say taking Jerry's course will help pen test reporting. Oh, that's interesting, Jenny. If, if, if people say that, please share that with me. <laughs> Justin and Instead of like throwing a cup of water on me at like the mile seven, I just like slug a cup of coffee. There's no tr- true my course as the dashboard just shows what you're currently viewing. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're talking about. Yeah, I guess I haven't gotten into all of that. Um, here. Yeah, I don't know. What, one thing that I thought was really cool about IT Pro TV or IT Pro was the, um, the practice tests. All right, here's a CCNA practice test. You can like straight up launch the practice test. It's, it's cool. I'm not gonna take this, but you know what I mean? flashcards, exam simulator, it's cool. If see squared is still giving free material in the CC, that also helped me study and it was free. That's right, guys. Hey, if anybody here is a member of the Seattle ISACA chapter Puget Sound, I'm speaking there on Tuesday next week. So, come come hang out. Honey packets while running? Yeah, actually, you know what? What I do? This is my secret weapon. I'll be popping these like every after like mile 8 8 or 9, I'll start eating Swedish fish um to kind of just give me a little sugar. Um can you get a can you get away with not having a LinkedIn profile pic? Uh I Yeah, Kevin. I'm not sure Kevin. I, I think you really should actually I mean, you know what you could do Kevin um, This is not a real person. Is that it? This person does not exist. I'll put this in chat So this is a website that you can use for sock puppet accounts. This is a real a real fake person. This person does not exist. Okay You can just refresh the page doesn't exist, doesn't exist. But what you could do, Kevin is right click, save image and make this your profile picture. Right? I mean, here's the deal. If you get all the way to the interview and they're like, that's not your pick. Like you're not the same person. You'd be like, okay. Like, does it matter? Like it's, I do it for OPSEC and what is my face matter to you? As far as my ability to execute on this work so you could get all the way to the interview and have a picture This is what I would do if I were you if you really don't want your photo on LinkedIn. This is a great option Okay Yeah, but I mean guys if if, if I have a candidate and I'm looking at them, you know I don't think I'd be like whoa 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 whoa. whoa. That's not the picture on LinkedIn. You're sus Like, it would probably be a conversation, right? Hey, like, whoa, you look different than I thought. Yeah, I don't have my real photo on LinkedIn for OPSEC. Like, in fact, that might even be more interesting to me that you even know what OPSEC is, that you know about this website, that you did um, put this on your LinkedIn profile. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would recommend you get your photo professionally done. Hey Jerry, SOC analyst or IT auditor, best for entry level. Um, so Harish, they're both great options. It depends. So like when you say best entry level, that's a very subjective statement, like best, like best pain, uh, best, um, work-life balance, like most likely to get the job as an entry level. There's a lot of kind of categories to that. Um, I would think SOC analysts, like I love GRC, right? Obviously near and dear to my heart. But I think SOC analysts might be good because you get like thrown into the fire and you really understand a lot of like what is actually happening, how threat actors actually operate. Um, and you have a greater appreciation for the blue team defenders. So when you move into GRC, if that's really your end goal, you're not such a, you're not such a bum to the uh, sock people because you understand and empathize. If the HR department's hiring you through the hiring process, you're going to have some care and get stuck on the fact that you're lying to them. Um, yeah, possibly Aaron. I'm just I mean, I'm trying to offer an option on how to, you know, how to, how to have your, um, LinkedIn profile. CVs don't have photos. I agree. Well, it's a good, it's a good option. I'll, you know what? I'll ask. Um, so I tell you guys periodically, I'm going to ask questions, right? So I've reached out to my legal counselor attorney friend about the Supreme court allowing like uh, meta to sue NSO group. Um, I'll ask out to, I'll reach out to Joe Hudson and ask him about his thoughts about having a different picture on your LinkedIn profile. And if it's ever been an issue, it's illegal to consider the way you look in hiring, unless you use it in a virtual interview or something. But prior to the interviews, the hiring team can't say it's a reason not to hire you. Okay. Thank you, Kimberly. Good point. Have a great day. Everyone got to run. Thanks Duke Norris. Be good. I probably should get out of here in a minute too. I do enjoy the jaw jacking. Guys, uh, I hope you've enjoyed the new show format. Let me know if you have any thoughts on it. Basically, I start off and within 15 seconds, I get into the intro. I don't do a minute of music anymore. And I try to limit the amount of jaw jacking um, and and hang out until the end of the show to allow people who just want the news to drop off. I think it's been working pretty good. And um, that's been nice. Thank you, uh, not only IT, thanks, David Beard. I think we're going to do Simply Cyber after dark uh, next week on the 20th. Stay tuned for that. Oh, Emily, Emilio Garcia asking the question as I'm answering. Very nice. Uh, good, good. Training to run a full marathon in four hours this year. Nice, nice job, Kuda. Never run a full myself personally. It's on the bucket list. I Appreciate the site recommendation definitely gonna use it for threat hunting. Okay, very cool. Have you made any AI selfies? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know if you guys hold on let me Let me show you this I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but this is kind of fun I'm doing this off stream right now because I have my wife I did this for also Um, I did some of these silly selfies. Alright, so... I don't know if you guys care about this, but like... (laughs) I did these. Um, ice cream next Friday? Yeah, ice cream social. I have a stream from the ice cream shop. Okay. These are so funny. This one... I mean, some of them are kind of... They're fun, but then, like, if you look closely, they're kind of ridiculous. Like, look, I can't zoom in anymore on this, but, like, my eye my eye on this one's a hot mess. Oh, that's kind of cool. They put Simply Cyber, the SC, at the top. I didn't notice that before. The guitar one, this one? I think that one's kind of cool. Um... There's some funny ones in here. That one's like funny. That's a Caesar. Uh, I, This is my thumbnail for uh, breaking into cyber in 2023. Yeah. What else we got? Oh, that's how you made your THM pick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. My try hack me advent of cyber's in here. Some of them are just ridiculous. Uh, They're kind of cool, but like at the same time, I don't like you don't want to be kind of a a D This is like uh, cartoony anime E. They're fun this was through an app called Lensa L E N -S S A it's an app you have to download to your phone. It's not free. It's not free uh, you have to sign up it's like 30 bucks a year but you can, can I canceled it right afterwards and then you actually have to pay to run these files but it's like like I think I paid six bucks at the end of the day for for these pictures right and it's just I mean it's a it's a it's a laugh right it's a, it's just a fun it's a fun goof right I've tried to utilize them to um, this one makes no sense I have like my head coming out of my head. So I don't even know what's going on there. This one's kind of crazy. Anna Lynn, what's up? There's some fun ones in here. I'll show you one that's really funny. This is my Try Hack Me Advent of Cyber Pick. Uh, There's one where I'm like sitting on a chair and uh, I look very uncomfortable, (laughs) that one. (laughs) Uh, this is like superhero ones. All right. There's one that's like ridiculous. Oh, wait. Where's the ridiculous one? Oh, I don't know where it is. Anyways. Um, yeah. So that's that's a lot of fun. So... Hopefully you guys, Aaron KG, I'm not sure which one there's a delay. So when you guys chat, um, when you guys chat, it's hard for me to know in regards to what you're saying. So last one looked like you were from Tron. <laughs> That's funny. So, well guys, thanks so much. I'm going to boogie out of here. It's nine 15. I wanna thank all of you for being here. Thanks for hanging out. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'll see you guys all Monday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Remember, Tuesdays and Thursdays are now at 10 a.m. Eastern time because I teach at the Citadel. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday will be 8 a.m. Eastern time. Tuesdays and Thursdays will be 10 a.m. Eastern time. Same great content, just a different time, okay? Be good, everyone. Be good to each other. help someone out today. Appreciate all the support. Thanks so much for all the super chats. Thanks so, so much for the squad love. Lenny Wright, get up with me to collect your prize. We'll see you guys on Monday. Be good, everyone. Thanks. And until next time, stay secure.